In my high school when I was growing up, we had this event that we did every year called Empty Bowls. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of that before. I guess it's a nationwide event, but we did this at my high school. And the idea was that during the course of the school year, people from the community would be invited into the art studio after hours to make these ceramic bowls, right? So they'd get on the pottery wheel, they'd form the bowls, and they would glaze them, fire them, do all that, uh, all that stuff. And then uh, in the spring, there is a night where all the community would get together, they'd line all these hundreds of bowls out on this long table, and you got to walk through and pick out a bowl to buy. They're about 10 bucks each. And then when you bought that bowl, you got to break it in with a nice soup dinner afterwards with the whole community. So it was a really fun event, and all the proceeds from the bowls went to local charities and soup kitchens in the area. But what was really cool about this event was the fact that anybody could come in and take part. Anybody could take part in the, in the making of the bowls. You didn't have to be very artistic, but they did have professional artists come in. They had, uh, they had teachers and students from the school came in. They had parents and people who, who didn't really know what they were doing at all. So they had all types of talent levels, of abilities, but everyone got to be included and make a bowl that could be sold later on. And afterwards, you got to hang out with everybody and enjoy this, this great time of community. And because everyone was welcome, that meant anybody could come in. So you had some bowls on that table that were really professionally done, really looked nice, and like they could sell for a lot more than $10. And they had some bowls which, a little misshapen, looks like they had been dunked into one too many colors, maybe. But everyone was invited, and that meant anyone. We don't get many instances like this in our lives and in our culture and in society today when, when anyone is invited to take part in something. We don't really see that too often. And most of the time, we have to have standards and qualifications in order to, to do things, to take part in things. You have to be this tall to ride on this ride, or you have to wear a suit and tie in order to have dinner at this restaurant. You have to, to make a certain amount of money every year, and you have to obey certain rules if you want to uh, live in this neighborhood that we're building. Or you have to live a certain way or act a certain way if you want to be a part of our church. There's lots of different ways where we can be exclusive to people. Because most of the time, we try to, to gather together into groups of people who are like us. No matter uh, your socioeconomic status, your race, your, your uh, you know, political opinions, anything like that. We tend to gather towards people that share our values and our opinions and our beliefs. And because of that, we end up separating ourselves from people that are different or that we don't agree with. And in this way... Even though we think that we live in an inclusive culture, in many ways, it's highly exclusive. I think one of the ways we can see this is in culture, broadly speaking. Because we have this thing called, called cancel culture right now, right? Where, where if you don't agree with someone's opinions or their values or their views on something, you just stop listening to them. You cut them off and you don't hear what they have to say, no matter how compelling the argument might be, because it doesn't fit what you think. 
And this isn't a necessarily political thing. It's stuff we do in the culture as well. Whether you're, you're more left-leaning and, and follow uh, the more progressive movement, if you have values aligned with that, or with, with the more right, traditional, conservative kind of things, whether it's political or cultural, the fact is that, that this is going on on both sides of the spectrum. If you're caught in the middle, if you're leaning one way or the other on certain topics, then there's always going to be someone who isn't, want to, isn't going to want to hear what you have to say. Who's going to want to cut you off and be separate from you because they don't agree with what you have to say. But if we zoom in a little bit on the Christian culture, or if we zoom in a little bit on culture to the Christian community at large, I'm talking large-scale Christian community, then we see that the Christians, the Christian community can also separate some people from themselves. And that happens by, by either people getting pushed away by, by what they think the Christian church is all about, that they're judgmental or that Christians can be outdated in their beliefs or in their views and all sorts of other things, that they can be hypocritical, these kinds of things. And they end up getting pushed away from the church. Or they see the church at large as an organization that's... That breeds infighting, right, arguments and, and arguments between other Christians and gossip and all that stuff. Or they see the Christian church as an organization that covers up flagrant sins, as, as we've seen in, in recent years in many, many very popular Christian teachers. And whether those are valid, whether those are accurate perspectives of the Christian community or not, the fact is that these things push people away. And because of mistakes that the church has made at large, people get pushed away from the Christian community and they're separated from it. But what about if we, if we zoom in a little closer? What about, what about our community? What about St. Mark? Do we, do we separate ourselves from other people? I think the questions we have to ask ourselves are, are do we try to hang on so tightly to our, to our history, to our culture that we've cultivated over the last 70 plus years here? Do we try to hang on to that so tightly that we miss out on opportunities for, for people who aren't used to church to be able to come in and experience the love of Jesus that we have to offer them? Are we willing to, to remove some obstacles, some barriers that are up for some people and be a little bit uncomfortable in how we, how we uh, deal with our community, how we have our culture here. Are we willing to remove some obstacles so that people can get through the, the cultural differences and experience the love of Jesus? Are we willing, in other words, to set aside our own preferences and opinions so that way people can hear about the promises of the gospel? Think about that. Ask yourself that question. I think we do good in some aspects, but I think that there's always room for improvement. And because we're a group of broken, sinful people, the answer to that question at times is no, we fail. We fail to, to remove obstacles, to put our opinions and our comforts aside so that other people can experience the love of Jesus. It's not just a St. Mark problem, it's a church problem because the church is trying to operate with a bunch of broken people in a broken world. But that's the reality of what we face. That in our own individual personal lives as Christians and in our community here at St. Mark, there's no doubt that there's been times when we have, 
have pushed others away or separated ourselves from people that we want to avoid or that we don't really want to, to be associated with. We get wary of inviting others into our church and our community, and we miss the fact that this is God's church and God's community. And that's something we all have to wrestle with both on a personal level and as God's church operating here in St. Mark and Houston. But I think when, when we make this mistake, it's nothing new. And I think it's a mistake that God's people have been making for hundreds and thousands even of years. I think it's the same mistake that the Pharisees made in our reading for today. Because the whole goal of the Pharisees was to be separate from the larger culture, from the, the Greek culture that the Roman Empire brought in. They wanted to be separate from that. In fact, the, the, Hebrew, the, the word Pharisee comes from the Hebrew word to separate. Because that's literally what they were doing, separating themselves from the wider culture. And to understand why they're doing this, we have to go back into their history a little bit. Because at first glance, we always think of the Pharisees as, as being harsh, as being critical, judgmental, all these, all these terrible things. And we look down on them. But they thought they had pretty good reasons for doing what they were doing. Because if you look back a couple hundred years before Jesus came on the scene, the Jewish people were, were under persecution. And a, a Greek empire called the Seleucid Empire came in and they erected pagan uh, altars in the temple. They made unclean sacrifices in God's temple. And they persecuted, tortured, and even killed Jewish people who resisted. And so to the Pharisees, to bring in this Greek culture would mean to, to have to sacrifice some of their cultural traditions, some of the Jewish cultural traditions and laws that were built around God's law. If any one of those were, were bent or were, were broken or, or if the, the culture just bent a little bit towards that, that Greek culture with all their religions and all their faiths and all their practices, that would mean that, that their community was being uprooted or undermined, and that their faith and the, the freedom that they had to practice their religion and do what they were doing was being threatened. So they saw it as a good thing to separate themselves from the wider culture. I think we can fall into that same trap because I think we can see it's a good thing to separate ourselves from the wider culture as well or from specific people who are doing things that, that we don't agree with. For example, we have to ask the question, do we really just want anybody coming into church? What about someone who, who might abuse the church's generosity? Do we really want someone like that in the church? Or how about someone who, who might be distracting during the service because of, of the way they look or, or maybe their behavior? Do we really want to invite people like that into our community? And do we really want to invite people in who are living wildly outside of God's law and could negatively influence our community? You see, these are the reasons why we can sometimes hesitate to invite someone to church or why we can, uh, we can make it a point to avoid someone in our personal lives because we don't want to get tied up in all their baggage. But I think that Jesus' words to the Pharisees are the same words that should, should be spoken to us when we talk about these things. 
You see, when Jesus calls Levi, or, or Matthew uh, is his, another name for him, when Jesus calls him, he is a tax collector, right? So he's taking money from the Jewish people, and he's giving it to the Roman uh, ruling authorities, and he's pocketing some of that money for himself so that he can have something to live off of. And so tax collectors were kind of some of the worst people to the Pharisees because they were so ingrained in the Greek culture and in, in serving the Roman authorities which the Pharisees saw as, as problematic, as, as terrible. And so they were, they were unclean. And Matthew, and Matthew, along with all these other sinners, Jesus calls them to follow him. And he goes to Matthew's house, sits down, and eats and dines with them. So he's sticking his hands in the same food that they're grabbing from. And so he's making himself unclean by association. So what the Pharisees ask is, is how could this teacher do this? This guy who knows so much about the scripture, who's been doing these, these miraculous things. How is it that, that he can be doing this? That he can be uprooting our faith community, putting it in jeopardy, and not listening to the traditional cultural Jewish laws that we've set up. And so they ask the disciples why he, how, why he does this. And Jesus overhears and gives them his answer. He says, healthy people don't need a doctor. Those who are sick do. I've come to call sinners, not people who think they have God's approval. Jesus didn't come to pat the Pharisees on the back and tell them they're doing a great job. He came to completely overhaul and flip the script on their tr culture and on their traditional laws that they thought they were observing and they thought they were doing the right thing. And he takes the kingdom of God, which is the forgiveness of sins and promises of new life with Jesus in the kingdom and the new creation that he was making. And he gives it to who? To the people who are excluded, the people on the margins of society, people no one would expect him to give it to. And he announces to them that their sins are forgiven. And he gives it to the people who are completely undeserving in the eyes of the Pharisees. The kingdom of God isn't what anyone expected. And so, if Jesus extended the kingdom of God, the promises of forgiveness to people like that in his day and age then who would he extend it to today? The kingdom of God, the forgiveness of sins is extended to everyone. It's extended to, to the homeless people huddled under I-10 on silver. It's extended to, to those families, those multi-generational families who are crammed into one small apartment in our neighborhoods. The kingdom of God and the forgiveness of sins is extended to people that we can't stand in our work lives, in our personal lives, and people that we try to avoid and separate ourselves from. The kingdom of God is presented to people, is given and extended to people who would change our community and the way we do things if they were to become a part of it. And it's also extended to you. You who would separate yourselves from other people. Who would, because you're, you're, you don't want to, to be uncomfortable, you, you hesitate inviting someone to church with you or you hesitate about proclaiming the gospel to, you, to them. Forgiveness of God is extended to you too. It was given to you in the confession of absolution when Pastor Matt said that all your sins, all of them are forgiven. 
that is given to you. And you're not excluded from the kingdom of God, but you're included into it. Even though at times, all of us exclude others in one way or another, whether we mean to or not. And this is the place where we gather, where Jesus comes down and promises to meet us here, where, where he invites us in to be with him, where we can hear that promise of forgiveness time and time again, as often as we need to. This place, this, this gathering of the church, God's church here at St. Mark in Houston, this is the place where, where we get to sit down to eat and to drink with Jesus, really with Jesus Because he invites us to that same table he invited the tax collectors and the sinners to all those years ago. You're invited to sit down at that same table. And when Jesus returns and brings you and all who have ever called upon his name into the kingdom, into the new creation that he is making, then we're going to be with everyone who he has ever called. People that we even might separate ourselves from now. We'll be with all of them in the new creation. That's going to be a great time. We get to be with Jesus, gathered around the gifts that he has to give us and around him himself. And we get to see him face to face. But because Jesus calls anyone he wants to, that means he could call anyone we interact with. And I'll share the new creation with them. So how can, we, how can we fix this in our lives? How can we as God's people do better to extend the promises of Jesus to those around us? Because we all know we don't do it perfectly. How can we do better to, to not separate ourselves from the people that God has called us to be with? Because I don't want this to be a guilt trip for you. We all need to to repent of of how we've lived our lives and all the things that we've done, but I don't say this stuff to, to, to make you feel guilty. I say this to motivate you so that you know that that you have received this freedom, the freedom of forgiveness of sins, that your sins no longer burden you. You are no longer oppressed to them. And in that gratitude that you have, it is our job to extend that forgiveness and that freedom to those who are still burdened by sins who haven't heard of the gospel yet, who haven't heard of Jesus yet. And the easiest answer is, it's up to us to extend that to them. Extend the forgiveness of sins to them, to live that out in our lives, to invite people here to worship, to check out the live stream, whatever it is. We're called to call them to this place where God offers forgiveness of sins for everybody. And I mean everybody. Let me just say that if you're you're a guest with us online, or if you're just really not feeling like you deserve to be in the church, like like you can be a part of the church really because you've got too much stuff going on, because you live too widely outside of God's law for your life, because you know you're, you don't live a good life and you don't think you can be a part of an organization, of a community like this, the church, because that's for good people. That's for people who do things right. Hear this, that you need to be here, because this is the only place where you can hear that your sins are forgiven 
because of Jesus. In community with other Christians. Because the church isn't for people who have their lives together, who have things figured out. It's for people who don't know what to do. For people who know they need a savior. And so because of that, even though you're undeserving, even though you feel like you can't be a part of this community, you can and you need to be. Because this is the place where you receive and become included in the kingdom of God. In fellowship and community with other Christians where you can hear, I forgive you because of Jesus as often as you need to. I want to go back to, to that Empty Bowls event that I was talking about earlier that happened at my high school. It was an awesome thing because people from, from all over got to come in and got to, got to take part in this just great event that brought the whole community together. And the reason why it was so great is because of, of how many different people were there. Because there's people that would come that you really wouldn't talk to or interact with otherwise, that you might not have a relationship. But you had people teaching you how to, how to do the pottery wheel correctly when your bowl caved in. You had people sitting next to you as you ate. You had people to talk with about what bowl you were going to pick out. You are able to have community with all these people and gather around the gifts that we were receiving. Soup. <laughs> That's kind of like what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God is where we all receive in equal amounts the forgiveness, the gifts that, God, that Jesus is giving us. Forgiveness, new life, all of it. That's where we receive all these gifts. And when Jesus returns, we'll receive everything that he has to give us in full. Life with him and everyone that he has called to himself. And so, if Jesus calls everyone to be in the kingdom, then as the church, let's be ready to extend the forgiveness of sins, the promises of the kingdom to anybody. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us here today into your house into community with other Christians so that we can hear the words of forgiveness and so that we can know that, that no matter what we've done, no matter what burdens we've dragged in here today, no matter what, what sins have made us unclean throughout our lives, that all of it is forgiven and we are made clean and new because of your son, Jesus. Thank you for that, Father. And help us in the midst of this joy that we have to extend that love and the promises of the kingdom to all who need to hear it, to all that you call to yourself. So that together, all of us, the entire church can be with you and in your presence, called to sit down at your table in the new creation that you're preparing for us even now. In your name we pray, Father. Amen. <laughs>